Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is February 2nd, 2022, and our first story, Trudeau doubles down, smearing the great honking and freedom convoy, and Canadian media tries claiming Russians may be behind it, but the protest is working. The COVID mandates may actually get pulled back. We're already starting to see some success as the tax on the unvaccinated has been pulled. And our next story, Whoopi Goldberg suspended for two weeks over her comments on the Holocaust, leaves view hosts outraged. But the double standard is clear. Gina Carano got fired for her comments, and she wasn't even criticizing or saying anything particularly bad. And in our last story, probably maybe the most important, the president of CNN has resigned amid an ongoing scandal involving the Cuomo brothers and an executive that he's in a relationship with. Now, if you like the show, leave us a good review. Give us five stars. Now, let's get into that first story. Freedom Convoy has become the great honking as truckers in Ottawa blare their horns. People across the country join in in solidarity, blaring their horns, demanding an end to vaccine mandates and other mandates. Now we are seeing just how effective it is in Quebec. They're getting rid of the tax on the unvaccinated, saying they're concerned about social cohesion breaking down. The government is actually talking about getting rid of their vaccine mandates, and they're saying it's not because of the truckers, but uh, it probably is. And now, in a bizarre and desperate fashion, the media in Canada is pushing this insane theory that Russia could be behind the trucker convoy. And Justin Trudeau doubles down, tweeting out that they're bigoted and far right and racist. Ladies and gentlemen, the great honking is effective. It is a worker uprising against a fascist state. The Canadian government, as well as many other Western governments, have been imposing by decree rules on the people, shutting down businesses, destroying lives. And a new study shows the lockdowns did nothing to stop the spread. So the people are fed up. The workers are saying no more. The truckers are revolting and saying we will not be bullied. And they're winning. And for some reason, the left in this country and in Canada oppose the truckers. MSNBC says that it's a cult. They're fringe, a fringe minority. In a viral post, somewhat viral, 
from Lockdown Critical Left, a rather small subreddit, a forum on Reddit. They're pointing out that this is the worker uprising, saying we oppose the government's rule by decree. Yet for some reason, the left opposes it. That's right. You know, I was in Seattle and I saw a bunch of trade workers, tradesmen, protesting against the far left. The far left were making demands, wanting laws to be passed, far left laws. And it was actually construction workers in yellow vests and hard hats shouting them down. The left does not represent the workers. It's a lie to trick lower income people and lower class people into supporting insane ideology. But thanks to the Internet, we can break through the veil. We can see it now. We can see the manipulations. We can see the insanity. When the media comes out and says, could it be Russian actors are pushing this trucker convoy? Nice try. And Trudeau can lie all he wants. We see through it here at home in the U.S. We know the lockdowns didn't work and we're now seeing it still get worse. The latest jobs report, I believe it's like minus 500,000, the expected jobs. They thought they were going to gain 200. They lost 300,000. So what do we get from Joe Biden? Oh, he announces he'll be deploying troops into Europe. A distraction? Perhaps his domestic agenda is failing and we can all see it or maybe There's real cause for conflict in Europe. Either way, it is not what Americans care about, but it's certainly what corrupt crony establishment politicians do. Let's take a look at the latest news. We have this story from the uh, it's the National Post. Health officials are hinting at ending COVID restrictions, and it's not because of the truckers. But let's take a look at how they're trying to smear the truckers. What did Justin Trudeau say about them? Now, before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Become a member to help support our work. As a member, you are directly funding our journalists. We are principally funded and operate off of your memberships. So by being a member, all of our journalists have jobs. You support videos like this, and you will get access to exclusive members-only segments from the TimCast IRL podcast. But don't forget to smash the like button on this video. Take the URL, copy it, and paste it wherever you can. That is our marketing operation, you and the grassroots efforts. And I'm proud to say, it looks like based on the latest ratings from CNN, I covered this in a previous segment, we are bigger than CNN, at least their television daytime and primetime numbers. So thank you all so much for helping make this possible and supporting our work. Let's read first. What does Prime Minister Justin Trudeau have to say about the great honkening? Yesterday evening, Trudeau tweeted, Today in the House, members of, par- members of Parliament unanimously condemned the anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, anti-Black racism, homophobia, and transphobia that we've seen on display in Ottawa over the past number of days. Together, let's keep working to make Canada more inclusive. What a ridiculous thing to say about a truly peaceful protest. The Freedom Convoy. Record-breaking, 50,000 truckers spanning 45 to 50 miles makes its way into the capital and says, we demand the people hold the power. Have there been reported incidents of bigoted statements? Sure. There was a guy wearing a mask and had a Confederate flag. They threw him out of the protest and they yelled at him. Were there uh, incidents reported that food was being stolen from the homeless? Oh, yeah, reported. What really happened? 
They went to a homeless shelter and said, would you mind giving food to the truckers? The homeless shelter said yes. And then later said, we don't want to give food to the truckers. Stop, stop. And then claimed the food had been stolen. Yeah, those are the lies, the smears, the slander. Here's the latest crackpot conspiracy theory that's trying to shut down a truly peaceful protest. And I want to just point something out. Most of the videos I produce these days are monetized. But my video on the Great Honkening was demonetized. Now, why is that? Could it be we are seeing something akin to Occupy Wall Street only this time? Because you have a true workers uprising. It is difficult for the left to actually co-opt, perhaps. And they will try and shut us down. Now, I had the opportunity to talk about a very big story, Joe Biden deploying troops. But, you know, I started to record it. And I just said, this is a distraction. The president of Ukraine said there's not going to be a war. Maybe there will be. I don't know. But they're distracting us from the workers standing up for their rights. The demonetization, in my opinion, is an attempt to to persuade me. Oh, don't cover these stories. You don't make money doing it. So please go to TimCast.com, become a member and tell them you guys will directly support real news. But you know what? You don't have to. It's not about the money. It's not about any of that. We do well at TimCast.com. I will just not, I will not let demonetization stop me from reporting what may be one of the biggest and most important protests of the past decade, maybe longer, maybe more important than Occupy. The Daily Mail reports, Canada's state broadcaster spreads bizarre conspiracy theory that Russian actors are behind 50,000 strong freedom convoy of truckers protesting in Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandate, protesting Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandate. Police threatened to arrest truckers blockading the U.S. border. During a broadcast Friday on the CBC, which is funded by the Canadian government, anchor uh, Nil Coxall offered Parliament member Marco Mendocino the theory, citing the country's current relationship with Ukraine, a former Soviet nation, as evidence. Given Canada's support of Ukraine in this current crisis with Russia, I don't know if it's far-fetched to ask, but there is a concern that Russian actors could be continuing to fuel things as this protest grows, perhaps even instigating it from, from the outset. How about you have a prime minister who's engaged in deeply offensive behaviors? How about you have a prime minister who is lying about these protesters? How about you have a media that is lying about these individuals standing up for their rights? Yeah, how about that? The Freedom Convoy, a coalition of 50,000 drivers protesting Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's vaccine mandate for cross-border truckers that formed last month, has been described as a grassroots movement and has no known ties to Russia. The protests began last month on January 23rd at the U.S.-Canada border in Alberta on Saturday and are still going strong. Trudeau, 50, has refused to meet with the group to discuss their qualms with his new policy put into effect in January that requires Canadian truckers to be vaccinated in order to enter and exit the country on their routes. And if you're an American trucker and not vaccinated, you just can't come in. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. 
They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Incredible. I want to give a shout out to the truckers. We made over at TimCast.com a shirt in honor of the great honkening. It is the free honk honk shirt. You see, last night we had Lily Tang Williams on TimCast IRL, someone who survived communist communism in China, being born into the, into the Cultural Revolution. And when we were talking about what was going on with China and other countries, we talked about China wanting to sow divisions in our, in our, in our own countries. She said, free Hong Kong, Hong Kong, the, you know, the, the place. And then I think it was Seamus who said, free honk honk. And I said, that's a good message. So modeled after the free Hong Kong flag is the free honk honk shirt. You guys can get it in support of, of the protesters. It does also support our work. So, you know, I'll try. We'll, we'll, we'll try and figure out how we can get a bunch of these shirts to protesters if they really, really want them. But I figured it was a good way to show your support for the movement and help support our work covering it and countering the lies. Full disclosure, you know, you're buying this merch, it supports our work. So we wanted to make something that would also support their message as well. And we will we will also pursue supporting the protests in general. I don't normally engage in overt activism, but I absolutely do believe in people standing up for their rights. So if you want to support us and support the message, TimCast.com in the store, you can get your free honk honk shirt. The good news is when people engage in nonviolent civil disobedience and wail the horns of their vehicles in defiance of the state, it works. The National Post, health officials are hinting at ending COVID restrictions and not because of the truckers. It's from January 31st. The overarching goal of the Freedom Convoy was for the federal government to declare the immediate lifting of all COVID-19 mandates across Canada. It was at root a politically unrealistic demand, given that most mandates are imposed at the provincial level. That's absurd. That's an absurd statement. But there is nevertheless a growing chorus of politicians and health experts now saying that it's time for Canada to officially abandon extraordinary COVID-19 measures and learn to live with the virus. We have let our lives be controlled for the last two years in a significant amount of fear. And now we are going to have to change some of that thinking. Ontario's top doctor, Kieran Moore, said in a public address last Thursday. Moore added, we can't eliminate this threat. In fact, we have to learn to live with it. That's one of the things being espoused. The, the, the mandates are at the provincial level. Oh, basically saying state level in Canada. Yes, it's true, of course. But the federal government's border vaccine mandates are federal government. That was, is what started the protest. It's a lie. It's a trick. It's a manipulation. The protesters came out and said, we don't like the vaccine mandates for truckers at the border. Federal. And so the media once again trying to distract and deflect. But either way, the protest speaks to the provinces as well. I want to give a special shout out to our good friend, Viva Fry. 
You guys know Viva. He's got the he's got a YouTube channel. He does excellent legal analysis. He has been on the ground live streaming all this. I know exactly what it's like to be on the ground covering these big protest movements. Amazing stories. Viva's out there live streaming. His battery is dying and the truckers are like, take my battery, Viva. Keep the story going. It's thanks to people like him who are on the ground covering this that we know about what's happening, that we know that the, the, these lies from the from the government and from the media, we know their lies because they're being exposed. Shout out to them, to Viva, shout out to Rebel News. And there's also many people have been pointing out someone named Portland Andy. I'm not familiar with Portland Andy's work, not not sure who that is, but if they're on the ground and they are filming this, bravo. Take a look at this tweet from Jack Posobiec. I still can't get over this. There is an actual worker uprising going on in Canada and the entire left-wing establishment has it out for them. Yes, what? He says, seize the means of production. Okay, no, not like that. Yeah, the truckers control the flow of goods. And they've decided to say, look, look you know what we mentioned? You mentioned this on, on IRL the other night. Truckers are people of great moral character. You know how we know? Because the truckers have this tremendous power to shut down our highways, to shut down the flow of goods, and they don't ever do it. Sure, there are a lot of grievances truckers have. But they mostly say, ah, we'll keep things going. But when they truly want to, when we are truly being abused by an authoritarian government, they say, now we will stand up. Truckers of any group have tremendous power, and yet they rarely exercise it to such a degree. That, to me, shows restraint and great moral character. But now they are saying, we have decided we will not ship your goods. We will block your roads because... We demand that we be heard. Will Trudeau come out and meet with the truckers? No. And, I, and there's been much, there's been a lot of talk about U.S. truckers doing the same thing. You'll love to see it. But where's the left to come out and be like, yay, workers of the world unite. Oh, no. The left, they are the elites. They tend to be college educated, the highest salary earners in the country. They are not working class. That's the lie. In this post from Lockdown Critical Left, a user by the name of Cool Spectre says, workers are uniting in solidarity against an authoritarian government and the left is against it. The trucker convoy is the closest thing to a working class uprising I've seen in my lifetime. I wasn't around in the 60s. And yet the left is somehow against it. Isn't this exactly the kind of thing the left should be supporting? Are there even any working class people on the left anymore? Why do they all seem to be Zoom tech workers or unemployed? Why is the actual working class overwhelmingly not on the left? It's really unsettling to see actual working class unity taking direct action against fascist mandates. And the left is taking the side of the fascists. One person responded, the left is a brainwashed mess. The truckers are the very thing these people think they support, but they don't. They're simply authoritarians. The uprising is coming soon. The next person says, the left has been hijacked. Politics has been hijacked. Culture has been hijacked. There is no more middle ground. You either play the game and, the, and game the system or you let it control you. Another said, the left has turned into a bunch of social justice warriors who think they're the only ones allowed to have an opinion. And anytime you say something against them, they label you a racist. That's right. An actual working class uprising. The Daily Mail reports 
lockdowns, school closures, and limiting gatherings only reduced COVID mortality by 0.2% at enormous economic and social costs. So why do they persist? Follow the science. Trust the science, right? Well, the science is here. Economists who carried out a meta-analysis estimated that draconian restrictions first imposed in the spring of 2020, including stay-at-home orders, compulsory masks, and social distancing, only reduced COVID mortality by 0.2%. They warned that lockdowns caused enormous economic and social costs and concluded they were ill-founded and should be rejected as a pandemic policy instrument going forward. The review, led by John Hopkins University professor, argued that border closures had virtually zero effect on COVID mortality, reducing deaths by just 0.1%. However, the researchers estimated closing non-essential shops was the most effective intervention, leading to a 10.6% drop in virus fatalities. Okay, look, I'm willing to recognize we all were scared and we were, we were willing to make certain, certain concessions. But at this point, as we've heard from, from politicians in the U.S. and in Canada, it's time to, ex- to, to, to realize it's become endemic. There are a lot of people on the left who are like, no, no, lock everyone down and take their jobs and pay us free money for not working. Sorry. Life is not fair. It sucks. Life is not equal. There's disease. There's plague. There's pestilence. There are wild animals. There's natural disasters. You can't just live a safety life. It's not a real thing. If we sit back and let the system crumble, people will starve. They already have. I think it was estimated, what, 250 million people. We don't want people to die of COVID. I've had it. It's awful. And I genuinely believe that if we didn't do it, that, that it was good, we did some emergency measures. You know, I think about how in these dense cities, COVID's going to spread like crazy, but it doesn't seem to have had an effect. Maybe we slowed the curve, but at what point do we just say, okay, now we have to expect, expect the brunt of things. Lockdowns, school closures, limiting gatherings didn't do it. Shutting down some shops seems to have had a decent effect, but the point is, overall, was it worth it? They say, The researchers originally identified 18,590 global studies in lockdowns, which they claim had to be whittled down to just 24 to answer their research question. Critics have accused them of cherry picking studies, blah, blah, blah. Most scientists believe that before the arrival of vaccines and antivirals, lockdowns had a significant effect on cutting transmission and therefore reducing the number of hospital admissions and deaths caused by COVID. Regardless, we reached a point where it's been where we're in year three. So first, the first year was 2020, the second year was 2021, and now it's 2022. We are entering the third year. We cannot carry on this way. People's lives have been destroyed, governments are crumbling, and people are generally just fed up. Take a look at this story. Distraught Kiwis, New Zealanders, sue Jacinda Ardern after being cruelly locked out of their own country for two years as they compare getting back to New Zealand to the Hunger Games. How insane. I had friends who were down there. I have friends who were there now. I told them as this was escalating, I said, get out of these countries before it's too late. Some did. Some didn't. One friend of mine called Australia an open air prison. They said they moved out to the middle of nowhere trying to just find some solace. It's crazy. A group of New Zealanders locked out of their own country for two years because of impossible hotel quarantine rules, is suing the government, 
claiming their human rights have been breached by refusing to let them come home. At a certain point, we need to say enough. But my friends, it's getting worse. Right now, the economic data in the U.S. is comparable to the start of the pandemic. So expect it to get bad. U.S. businesses shed 301,000 jobs in January. ADP says its biggest drop since the start of the pandemic. Privately run U.S. businesses reduced employment by 301,000. Economists surveyed by the Wall Street Journal had forecast a 200,000 gain. It's getting worse, man. Until, until we stop, until they stop all of this, you know? I live in West Virginia. We're growing in West Virginia. We're expanding in West Virginia. And seems to, see, see, uh, things seem to be going well. But you take a look at what's going on in these big cities, and they were just eating themselves alive. Economists predict a weak increase in the official employment report on Friday owing to the Omicron disruptions. Wall Street, uh, Wall Street predicts just 150,000 new jobs were created in January, and some economists expect an outright decline. The problem is finding enough people to fill all the empty positions. Several million workers who left labor force early in the pandemic have not returned, and many may never do so. Frequent coronavirus outbreaks have also made it harder for some people, such as women or caregivers, to return to work. What do we get? What's the big news? The big news is that Biden is deploying troops to Ukraine, that Russia is our biggest threat. Biden formally announces approval of deployment of 3,000 troops to Poland, Germany, and Romania. The allies are pleased. They welcome the announcement. This could be a dramatic escalation. Ukraine warns of full-scale war and tragedy in Europe if Russia attacks. But wait a minute. Russia is positioned to invade all of Ukraine, U.S. says, but Kiev downplays war talk. Yeah, the president was saying, no, there's not going to be a war. The U.S. is overhyping everything. And that could be true. I don't know. But why is it right now that we are getting this war talk? I mean, China is certainly the biggest threat. They're talking they're, they're talking about invading Taiwan. They're sending fighter jets into Taiwanese air defense zone. But we're worried about Ukraine and Russia. Now, look, Russia already invaded Ukraine, so perhaps. But I got I got I got I got to add to this, you know. When Obama was president, Ukraine conflict escalates. Trump gets elected. Ukraine conflict doesn't go anywhere. Biden comes in. Now, all of a sudden, there's Ukraine conflict. Forgive me if I don't believe you. The Daily Mail reports 33% satisfied with the economy and confidence in the military drops 10% in another dire poll that shows mood is worsening across most aspects of life. Joe Biden's presidency, to say it's a disaster would be an understatement. Surprise, surprise. Amid everything that's happening, Joe Biden says, let's send in the troops. I'm not surprised. I'm really not. American Americans overall dissatisfaction with the state of the country is on a downward trend, according to a new Gallup poll, which shows declines in 10 major policy areas, including energy policy, the military and the economy. Gallup's annual mood of the nation survey reflected a continual dour mood in the country as the coronavirus pandemic continues and President Joe Biden enters his second year in office. American satisfaction with the economy dropped 10 points over the last year and a whopping 35 points over the past two years, a reflection of the country's frustration with the fallout from the pandemic, which saw businesses shudder, large numbers of people quit and dire jobs numbers. Inflation is also likely a major factor in the declining number. 
It hit a record 7% in December, a nearly 40-year high. Administration officials have defended Biden's stewardship of the economy, pointing to the low unemployment rate. A record number of people quit their jobs during Biden's first year, with a record 4.5 million in November. The administration argues this is because the job market is competitive and that people want higher wages and better benefits, or it could be the mass spending of money is crippling the economy. It's not an issue of living wages. It's an issue of mass inflation, hyperinflation. Wages are up. The average hourly pay jumped 4.7% in December compared with a year ago. But the economy is still about 3.6 million jobs short of its pre-pandemic level. Additionally, Americans' faith in military strength and preparedness dropped 20 points over, the, over two years. And their satisfaction in energy policy is down 17 points over two years, Gallup survey found. Hey, let me, let me tell you about the military. Joe Biden wants to send troops to Ukraine. The army has begun involuntary administrative separations for unvaccinated soldiers. So, uh, yeah, forgive me if I'm not surprised to find people are concerned about everything. Take a look at this. In 2020, the overall quality of life, even during the pandemic, was 84%. In 2021, Biden takes over, 67. Let that be a profound statement. Under Donald Trump, at the start of the pandemic, when it was worse than it could possibly be, people still said quality of life, 84%. Joe Biden comes in, 67 And now we're into the first month of 2022, and it's up only a little bit, up a little bit. Okay, that's fair. The opportunity for a person to get ahead in 2020 was 72%. Under Joe Biden's first year, 58%. It's really, really amazing how everything just completely drops, just just drops. The level of immigration in the country in 2020 was 35. It went up to 39 in 2021. Absolutely incredible. Higher gas prices, Gallup said in its analysis, are are, are the likely for the country's frustration with energy policies. And the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal that resulted in the death of 13 U.S. service members may be affecting Americans' thoughts on military preparedness. Quote, I'm the fourth president who faced the issue of whether and when to end this war. When I was running for president, I made a commitment to the American people that I would end this war. Today, I've honored that commitment, the president said in August, when he botched everything, ruined Trump's plan, abandoned Bagram Air Force Base. We get it. Now, this story, this segment, It's about the protest. It's about the mass uprising. And all of this stuff, in my opinion, is a distraction. The people are unhappy. The people are standing up. Now, the direct protest we're seeing is in Canada. There is a question of whether or not truckers, people in general in the U.S., will protest. Some reports suggest they will. There's been reports that people have already been protesting across the U.S., so I'm sure regular people are going to start standing up. There's been talk of a southern U.S. border convoy that truckers would do a convoy down. What is, what is that? Route 80 or whatever down closer to the interstate, closer to the southern border in protest of the vaccine mandates and Joe Biden's failures on the southern border. Some have jokingly said they should just form a border wall of trucks on the southern border. I don't think truckers lining up on the southern border would stop, you know, trafficking or anything like that or, or illegal immigration. But a a major protest will send ripples through the country. And it shows these powerful elites, they can only push so hard. There's a viral video of a man in Ottawa screaming that he's not been able to sleep because of the the constant blaring of their horns. And he said, what freedoms have you lost? What freedoms have you lost? And I saw that and I thought to myself, these people who complain about the honking were happy to sit back as the government oppressed you and suppressed your rights. And they don't care. They don't care. 
Now they're mad because you are, according to them, oppressing them and suppressing their rights. You see how this works? They don't care the government's going to mandate a medical procedure. But now they're yelling at you for honking your horn. The way I see it is they, if they're willing to tolerate someone oppressing them, they should sit down, shut up, and accept the great honking. They had every chance to speak up and say no, and they didn't. And now that the working class is speaking up and saying no, they're mad at the working class. Sorry, you don't get to sit around as despots seize power and oppress people. And then when the people come up and say no, you go, oh, but now I'm mad at you. Now, let's 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 give a shout out to our good friends, Antifa. You see, there's a big difference between you going out and peacefully protesting, which I support, uh, Extinction Rebellion blocking a street, which I support, and Antifa burning down buildings and killing people. The truckers aren't doing any of that. They're blaring their horns. I can certainly empathize. It's probably frustrating for a lot of people who don't want to be involved. But if you're going to sit back while there is active oppression and do nothing, I don't believe you can come out and complain when people say, I resist. And that is true of Black Lives Matter as well. I, will, I, I have always supported the right of Black Lives Matter to peacefully march in defiance of, of police brutality to, to oppose what they don't like about anything, to be completely honest, even when I disagree with their message. But when they get violent, I say no. We get a report about people, you know, throwing human waste at a house. I say that's bad. Condemn it all. It's wrong. You see, you got to have some consistency. You don't get to come out and scream that you don't care the government is oppressing people. And now when you're actually experiencing it from regular folks, you're mad. Well, you sat back and did nothing as the government did what they wanted. Just sit back and do nothing as these protesters do what they want. You have no right to complain. I look at it that way. I mean, I, I see it. Uh, there's a meme. The honking will increase until freedom improves. Truckers saying, you know, how long are we going to stay here? Just two weeks to slow, the, to slow the spread of authoritarianism. Or why don't you just comply and then it'll all get better, right? The government says just go, these, these, these authoritarians, these activists, just comply and then you'll get your freedom back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah truckers are saying the same thing. The protesters are saying the same thing. Shut up and comply and the honking stops, right? That's how it works. Taint nothing y'all can do about it, but sit back and accept it. The protesters are now being heard. It's starting to work. So stay true, stand strong. Thank you all for the support for our, for our website. But uh, also don't forget to give your support to the truckers who are standing up for what they believe in and fighting back against these mandates. Because this is what I've been saying the whole time. People standing up for what they believe in, putting their jobs on the line and saying, I will not comply. Bravo. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Whoopi Goldberg has been suspended from The View for two weeks over her comments about the Holocaust. In a segment on The View, the cast of The View was discussing books being banned from schools when Whoopi Goldberg said that the Holocaust wasn't actually about race and she was wrong, obviously. Now that this whole thing is dumb that she's being suspended, I don't know how a suspension is going to actually solve this problem or change anything. It seems just like a cooling off period. Like, hey, how about we just take her off the show for a couple of weeks? Everyone will forget about this. Because in the end, Whoopi Goldberg's opinion will not change on the Holocaust. And people have stupid opinions all over the place. So what's the point? Now, there's a lot going on here. The segment in question where The View was discussing the banning of books, the books they're discussing weren't actually banned. 
But they just say that because they're in desperate need of a way to smear the right over critical race theory. In this conversation, they bring up that Florida is trying to ban the teaching of history. Once again, a lie. Now, I certainly think there are many political elements on the right that don't quite understand critical race praxis in schools and probably will take a heavy hand. And that's an issue. But this segment just got all off the rails. First of all, what they were talking about was just totally factually incorrect. Whoopi Goldberg then decides for no reason just to open up and say, let's be, she said, she said, let's tell the truth about this when she made those comments about the Holocaust. Everybody got mad. People on the right were, were making fun of her. People on the left were shocked and appalled. And let me just, just say very simply, the Holocaust was very much about race, Whoopi Goldberg. I mentioned this in a previous segment, you know, I did, I did, uh, I did the other day. Whoopi Goldberg basically said all all fair-skinned people look the same to me, so what's the difference? Not realizing that, uh, well, everyone can be racist. And yes, the Holocaust was very much about race. Now, a lot of people are bringing up Gina Carano, and this is a really good point. Gina Carano was uh, on, the sh- on the show, The Mandalorian. She got fired from the show for posting on Instagram not to demonize your neighbors. That was it. She didn't say one group was like this group or that group was like this group. She didn't make comments about, you know, what she thought. Uh, I'll put it this way. The comment she posted was basically like in World War II Germany, they used propaganda to make neighbors hate each other. And we need to we need to make sure we don't do that. But she was smeared. They were like she claimed Republicans are like, you know, Jewish people in the Holocaust. And she never did. But they fired her for it. Whoopi Goldberg comes out just with shockingly offensive uh, racist comments. Nobody cares. I mean, obviously, what I mean to say is that people care. But right now we have this story. Whoopi Goldberg's co-hosts are reportedly furious over her suspension. You mean to tell me they're more angry she's being held to account for offensive comments than the offensive comments? I want to stress this point, my friends. I don't think she should be suspended. I don't think Gina Carano should have been fired. I think you use these moments as teaching moments, but here we are. Now, I want to talk about what's going on with Whoopi Goldberg. Apparently, she was getting she gets $96,000 per week. I want to tell you her real name. Most people don't know this because I didn't know this. Whoopi Goldberg's real name is Karen. Do you know that? Her last name isn't Goldberg. So now a lot of people are coming out and being like, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. This this lady whose name is Karen, you know, I'll pull up her full name. I can't remember her last name. She chose a stage name Goldberg. Yeah, a lot of people are now accusing her of being overtly anti-Semitic. But come on, man. Come on. The woke are deeply anti-Semitic. We saw it with the Women's March. We see it with with, uh, you know, Farrakhan and the people they defend. They are they're uh, black racial identitarians and they believe crazy conspiracies about Jewish people. Now, I don't know if Whoopi Goldberg has all of those views. She may just be a fellow traveler, as they describe it. She may just be someone who's gargled down uh, the, the, the woke Kool-Aid, but hasn't really been active in those circles. So what she ends up believing is that all white people are the same. She ends up believing insane things about Jewish people. She uses a Jewish name as her stage name. I got to say, I, I, I would not be surprised if she does hold these views, to be completely honest. But I also want to get into how this all started. The big lie right now from the left is that a school has banned a book, Mouse. They, they banned a book about the Holocaust. The right wants to ban the teaching of history. Here's what really happened. 
It's simple. I'll, I'll make it simple for you. A school said, we don't, uh, one school, we don't want mouse on the curriculum. They're swearing in nudity in it. Perhaps that's a stupid reason to remove the book. I don't know. That's not the point. The point is they said we're taking it off the curriculum. How many books exist that are not on the school's curriculum? Has the school, by, by, by virtue of not placing every book in the curriculum, banned every book? The Bible is banned. I mean, technically, that's probably true. You can't, you know, it's not going to have the Bible in the curriculum. But how many books? The, 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 oh, 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 the Gulag Archipelago. It, it's banned because it's not in their curriculum. Every school everywhere in the country has banned. You know what, man? These people are just full of ish. I'm not going to swear, but you get the point. Let's take a look at the sentiment we got here from the New York Post. Whoopi Goldberg's co-host reportedly furious over suspension from The View. ABC News President Kim Godwin announced late Tuesday that effective immediately I am suspending Whoopi Goldberg for her wrong and hurtful comments. While Whoopi has apologized, yeah, sort of, I've asked her to take time to reflect and learn about the impact of her comments. Goldberg, 66, made the eyebrow-raising claim on Monday's program, insisting that Nazis and Jews were both white. She then repeated the statement on Late Show with Stephen Colbert that evening. Yes, she did not apologize. She put out a tweet, which I don't even believe actually came from her. It was like, my sincerest apologies. Yeah, her apologies were for hurting people's feelings, but not over what she actually said. She stood by what she said, and she was like, I'll take your word for it, I guess. Yeah, because she is deeply racist. And look, I like Whoopi Goldberg. She's guiding on Star Trek. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of her work, but... Personally, like professionally, I'll separate the art from the artist, I guess. The host walked back the remarks on Twitter late last night amid widespread outrage. She wasn't to mention the ADL, talked to her and said it was about a specific you know, group of people that were deemed inferior. In an email to ABC staffers, Godwin uh, praised Goldberg for her apology and inviting the Anti-Defamation League CEO Jonathan Greenblatt on Tuesday's show to discuss her offensive remarks. However, Goldberg's suspension came as some ABC insiders insisted that her apology wasn't enough and demanded she be fired. That's crazy. People are really upset and don't understand why it took days, an ABC executive told the Daily Beast. Still, other networks, network insiders told the outlet that Goldberg's co-hosts, Sonny Hostin, Joy Behar, and Anna Navarro, are furious she was suspended. I, I, I agree she should not have been suspended. Whoopi Goldberg is allowed to be stupid. I'm not saying that to say directly that she's stupid. That's not what I mean. I'm saying if you think someone is stupid, they're allowed to be. You are not the person who's smarter than everybody else. People are allowed to have bad opinions or opinions you don't like. Navarro, a regular guest host who was on Monday's show, defended Goldberg saying, I love Whoopi. I love The View. This was an incredibly unfortunate incident. Whoopi is a lifelong ally to the Jewish community. She is not an anti-Semite, period. I am sad and I have nothing to say. On Tuesday's show, Greenblatt told Goldberg, there's no question the Holocaust was about race. Literally, the front page of Mouse, the book you were talking about yesterday, will be open to the quote from Hitler that literally says that the Jews are a race and then makes disparaging comments about them, questioning their humanity. He added that the Nazis' ideology, Hitler's, was predicated on that idea that Jews, I'm not, I'm not going to uh, repeat these quotes. That's for Goldblatt to repeat. But basically, yeah, very much so. Goldberg first argued the Holocaust went beyond race during the discussion on The View about a Tennessee school district's ban on Mouse, the Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel about a Holocaust survivor. But let me just stop you there, New York Post. You know what, man? I, I think in many ways, freedom, honesty, integrity is winning. 
But boy, I just have to say it is so insanely frustrating when even the New York Post publishes fake news and it becomes widely accepted as fact. When they go on to say that it was a, a, a discussion about a Tennessee school district's decision to ban mouse, ban it. Look at this. Look at the New York Post says the New York Post is lying. Of course, this is fake news and they should be ashamed of, the, of themselves. Evan Simcoe Bednarski, you writing garbage. No, the book was not banned. The book was removed from a curriculum. Well, that's very, very different. So what happens if the kids have the book? Nothing. What happens if the kids are walking around saying, I have a book? Nothing. It wasn't banned. Imagine, as I mentioned earlier, if the kids showed up to the school at the Gulag Archipelago. Well, but, but we don't have that on the school's curriculum, so it's banned. You know, there are a lot of books people have never heard of that aren't on these curriculums. They're not banned by nature of not being on the curriculums. There are many, many books. Das Kapital. Oh, no. They're, they're, they've, they've banned marks from the schools. Heaven help us. New York Post reported a Tennessee school district has banned a Pulitzer Prize winning graphic novel. The McMinn County School Board voted unanimously to remove Art Spiegelman's book Mouse from classrooms on January 10th. Oh, no, we're not putting a book in the classroom. Therefore, it is banned. You see the lie and the manipulation? First of all, it's one county school board. Why is that national news? Because right now the right is going after critical race praxis books, overtly racist books that violate the 1964 Civil Rights Act, for which I am a fan, for obvious reasons I've mentioned in many segments I've done. So when schools violate the 1964 Civil Rights Act, I say they shouldn't be allowed to do that. When the federal government violates civil rights, I say they shouldn't be allowed to do that. I am not an anarchist. I am not an ANCAP or anything like that. I'm just moderately libertarian, but kind of liberal, although it technically doesn't mean anything anymore because now left and right, liberal conservative just means tribe. But I actually like the fact that we were like, hey, you know, the government's going to regulate that you can't discriminate on the basis of these things. So when you have schools, there's one report now I saw where it was like the, the school made the white students apologize to the black students. You had one report out of Atlanta where the principal actually segregated the black and white students and a black mother sued. I believe it was a lawsuit complaining like, why are you doing this to my children? When you have at Dearborn University, uh, Dearborn, Michigan, a non a non POC and POC separate discussion cafe, they called it. You've got deep problems that are violating the Civil Rights Act. So when schools outright do, do this, look at this one. Private Manhattan School has whiteness contract with devil book. I've seen the book. There's the whiteness contract with a white hand and a devil tail and ungulate, whatever. I don't know what you, you call these, uh, hooven feet or whatever. Uh, what, what's the word for these kinds of feet? You know, just call them ungulate legs or something. So ungulate being hoofed mammal, four-legged hoofed mammals. So you have this white hand reaching out and a white contract is stolen, riches, special favors, and you endlessly you mess with the lives of your friends and neighbors. This was in a school. I have seen it. I have seen the parents talk about it. We have had some of these people come in and show us these books. They're here. These books shouldn't be allowed. Oh, no. Oh, no. Am I saying for banning, calling for banning books? No, 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 no. On the contrary, these shouldn't be a part of the curriculum in the sense that they're teaching children the message of the books. 
However, I think these books should be in school for critical analysis so that we can say as teachers, take a look at this book. This book, were it to be taught on the merits as for what it is, would violate the law of this country. I think children should see it and should be told the truth about it. We banned discrimination on the basis of race, gender, national identity, or national origin, uh, gender identity, national identity, um, re- uh, religion, et cetera, et cetera. So when this book is being taught, yeah, you're breaking the law for school. It, 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 it's a violation of the law for schools to be teaching this kind of thing. So when someone on the right says this book should be removed from the curriculum and shouldn't be allowed to be taught in schools, they're basically saying we should follow the law as it was written. And I mean, we can t- t- look, I always think it's fair to take a look at, you know, um, laws that are old and have them brought before courts and be challenged. That's always a good thing. I let the, let the courts, you know, uh, analyze these things. But I got to tell you, man, it's always about cultural enforcement. And right now, across the board in many schools, we have books like this. Now, I, I want to I want to I'm, I'm, I'm a reasonable guy, right? This segment wasn't just about mouse. It was also about to kill a mockingbird. The view is discussing that there was a black student who complained and to kill a mockingbird got removed. It wasn't just a right wing bans mouse. It was also a left wing bans to kill a mockingbird. But they didn't actually ban either of these books. It's remarkable. To Kill a Mockingbird was removed from the curriculum because there is repeated use of racial slurs. And I guess there was a, a black student who, who was felt uncomfortable, complained. And so the school said, OK, we'll, we'll, we'll remove this one. Now, I don't know if that uh, violates the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Simply having a book that shows the sentiment and, and makes these points, I don't know if that should be removed from a curriculum just because of that. Now, that being said, it's up to the school. If the students are like, hey, we can learn this in other ways, I think it would be great to teach, the, uh, to teach about the book from a critical standpoint and allow people to see it. You don't have to necessarily just, you know, openly read it in the classroom if it, you know, contains a lot of racial slurs. The same thing is true for Mouse. The students should have it. They should be allowed to read it as they want. But it's removed from the curriculum because of crass language and one depiction of nudity. That's what they claimed. Now, you've got people on the left trying to argue that that's not true. They just want to get rid of talk about the Holocaust, blah, blah, blah. Shut up. No, they don't. You know, man, I got to be honest. I'm so tired of all of this garbled, garbage nonsense. I imagine most of you are too. Gina Carano. She gets, she, you know what? You know what I forgot to do? I, got, forgot, I forgot to show you Whoopi Goldberg's name. It's Karen Elaine Johnson, known professionally as Whoopi Goldberg. Can I just point out, uh, you know, we had, uh, we had uh, on Timcast IRL the other day, Jack Posobiec brought this up. He was like, you know that Whoopi Goldberg's a stage name anyway, right? And I was like, is it really? I mean, it sounds like it, Whoopi. I mean, that's like, uh, I, sure, I guess. And he was like, yeah, it's not a real name. She chose a, a Jewish surname for her stage name. I don't know if that matters, or I wonder if she thought because, you know, she was deeply anti-Semitic, that would get her some kind of privileges or something. But I don't know, maybe she's very successful. Karen Elaine Johnson chose the name Whoopi Goldberg. I find that interesting, I guess. Here she is claiming that Jewish people are just white people or whatever. But it is fascinating. You know why? There are a lot of there are a lot of uh, uh, Jewish people who have on Twitter to defend wokeness, refer to themselves as white. But then when trying to you know claim privileges, claim Jewish people weren't white. And that's true. And I think it's reflective of those particular individuals. 
I, this is why I can't stand racism and anti-Semitism and the creepy conspiracies from these, you know, uh, from these, from, from a lot of these uh, leftist types. I can't stand it because the individual is what's important. You know, the I got to tell you, the anti-Semitic stuff really, really annoys me a lot. The the obsession over Israel, the obsession over Jewish people. I'm just, oh man, ah, it's just really, really annoying. And I'll tell you why. It is one of the most insane conspiracy racist tropes that could be. And it's just, wow. Look, I have a lot of friends who are Jewish. Regular Americans who are like middle-class working people who work normal jobs and are like plumbers or whatever. And, you know, I, I had a friend who worked at a cafe and she was Jewish. She didn't go to synagogue. She didn't practice or anything. And I was just like, these people, the, the anti-Semitic people, who believe the crazy things, you know, and, 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 the, and the, um, the nation of Islam and all that stuff. They believe all this crazy stuff about all Jewish people. And I'm just like, yo, some people that you don't like just happen to be Jewish. Some people that you don't, don't like just happen to be white. And it's, it's the character of the individual, not the fact that they may be Jewish or black or Mexican or Asian, you know, or, or you know, from, where, from whatever, from wherever they could be. There are a lot of people I know who are uh, white, really bad people. There are a lot of people I know who are Asian, bad people. And there are a lot of people I know who are Latino, who are black, who are all, of all races, who are bad people. And there are a lot of people I know of all races who are really good people, who just want to get by and just want to live their lives. And so when I hear all the anti-Semitic stuff and the obsession with Israel, I'm like, y'all don't talk about the foreign aid to these other countries, which is comparable. Y'all don't talk about the other large groups of people who control industry. You don't talk about, I don't know, China, for instance. You know what it is? It's that people who uh, internalize their, their problems, instead of addressing the problems as an individual and saying, here's how I can improve my life, they want to blame other people. That's it. All right. You end up with people who are like, why, why, why are there problems in my life? I know, I'll blame a group of people. It's, to me, the most annoying thing ever. You know, you've got the Occupy types who blamed the 1%. Rich people are not the reason you are suffering. You've got, uh, uh, you know, white nationalist types who just, you know, for the most part, it's kind of just, you know, they, they prefer white people. They think other races are not part of their tribe or, and many of them are just outright racist, just don't like other races. You've got overt white supremacists who blame Jewish people or other races for their problems. And I'm like, dude, your problems are your own. I just can't stand it, man. Stop being a collectivist. Stop. Just focus on yourself. You know, we had Lily Tang Williams, Lily Tang Williams, she uh, is running for office in New Hampshire as a Republican. She escaped communist China. She was a communist party member. She was uh, she was born into the Cultural Revolution, and she fled the country because she believes in freedom. And I'm like, look at this. Someone who was actually a, a, a probationary communist party member is here in the United States standing up for the Second Amendment, our right to keep and bear arms. Stop blaming collectives a collective group of people. It is the ideology. Communism is bad. Individuals in China are not bad. People, a person, they're individuals. Now, groups like ideological groups, political ideology, that I think, by all means, take issue with and criticize ideas. 
But you can have white people who are Islamic. You can have black people who are Jewish. You absolutely can. And so that's the, the fascinating thing to me. There was a quote uh, that, that goes around all the time. Thomas Massey uh, t- tweeted it recently and got flack for it. It was uh, it, It's a quote from a white nationalist guy. And he said, to find out who rules over you, simply look to who you cannot criticize. It is a very, very stupid. I just think it's a very stupid comment. Now, it's there's this meme that claims it's from Voltaire. It's not from Voltaire. It's from some guy who was making comments about Jewish people or whatever. But, yo, it's it's not even a good quote. It doesn't even make sense. I, I see people tweet it all the time. And I'm like, how does it even make sense? It's like, oh, oh, heaven. Child, child. It's frowned upon to criticize the recently deceased. Like if you go to a funeral and you're like this, he starts insulting them. People get mad at you. Yes, it is social. It is it is culturally enforced. It is socially wrong. Is, you, you will be ostracized for insulting and criticizing the recently deceased because people don't tolerate that. You know, they want positive vibes or whatever. They don't. The, the dead people don't rule over you. Child cancer patients and child burn victims. You are not going to. Uh, 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 <laughs> And, and endear yourself with the public by going out and repeatedly just insulting and criticizing child burn victims. They're absorbed, stealing resources in our hospitals. I say, send them. No one's going to like you for that. Now there, look, you're, you're, it's possible that there's to greater degrees groups you can't criticize. But I just got to say, like, I, you, I don't think trans women of color rule over you. You know, if, if you, if you insult a person who's transgender, you will get banned. The issue is big tech ideology, not the trans people who are, you know, for the most part, not involved in the o- overarching convert. Like the point is, if you if you make disparaging comments about trans people on YouTube, they ban you, right? The individual didn't do anything to you. So by all means, take issue with ideology. That's fine. Take issue with big tech who actually has that power. But these, 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 these comments, you know, man, everybody just wants to scapegoat a group for all of their problems. That's why I often say I think the problem is centralization, centralized authority. No one should have absolute power over anyone else. And when you get power imbalance, then you get individuals who abuse it. And there can be systems of power like big tech, and you can criticize big tech, but I don't think that the cause of all of our problems, they're a contributor to. Humans are humans, man. So look. They didn't ban these books, okay? Just drop the lies already. I'm just so sick of the lies all day, every day. New York Post posting lies. Whatever, man. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. President of CNN Worldwide, Jeff Zucker, has resigned rather unexpectedly, issuing a statement saying that he was involved in a relationship with a longtime colleague and close friend. And as that relationship evolved, he should have told CNN, but he didn't. Thus, he will be resigning effective immediately. But something else is going on. We're now learning who this supposed lady is. And she is an executive with CNN. She used to work for Andrew Cuomo. And in the past month, many people have speculated, is this why Chris Cuomo got a pass? When he was working with Andrew Cuomo, ladies and gentlemen, CNN, and this is overt, was colluding with a Democratic governor for favorable coverage. And boy, this runs deep. I also want to talk about CNN's ratings. CNN, 
You know, I tweeted the other day, in my lifetime, we will see your network end. I tweeted that to Brian Stelter in response to his criticisms of Joe Rogan. And then this happens today. Mike Cernovich tweets out, this was yesterday and quote tweeted my tweet. And I'm like, yes, Smackdown CNN. All right, all right, all right. Let's break down the news before we get into anything else so you can understand what's going on. And this is big, big news. CNN President Jeff Zucker announces resignation, saying he failed to disclose a relationship with, relationship with a colleague to the media company. But there is so much more here I have to point out. They, there is so much that we are learning from what is not being said. The president of CNN announced he will leave the network following the revelation that he had a relationship with a colleague. Zucker has led CNN for the past nine years. His decision to leave comes after he was questioned about, about a consensual relationship with my closest colleague that he failed to disclose to the network during his investigation of Chris Cuomo. A copy of his email was posted on Twitter by CNN media correspondent Brian Stelter. Quote, I acknowledge the relationship evolved in recent years. I was required to disclose it when it began, but I didn't. I was wrong. As a result, I am resigning today. BS. I'm calling outright BS. This is not the reason Jeff Zucker is resigning, in my opinion. I, I, I just don't think it's true. Oh, no. Oh, I have to resign because I'm dating somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait to see how deep this one goes. According to a report from The New York Times, Zucker was involved with CNN's executive vice president, Allison Gallist. She confirmed the news in a statement released shortly after Zucker's announcement on February 2nd. Jeff and I have been close friends and professional partners for over 20 years. Don't forget that number, 20 years. Re recently, our relationship changed during COVID. I regret that we didn't disclose it at the right time. Gallist will remain in her roles as executive vice president as well as chief marketing officer. Zucker, quote, is one of the most powerful executives in media gaining prominence during the Trump administration for rebuke, rebuking the former president's verbal attacks on the network, says New York Magazine. Before joining CNN, Zucker was president of NBC Entertainment. He signed off on President Donald Trump's reality show, The Apprentice. Now, Jeff Zucker is out. And there's a lot of reasons he may have left. I mean, there were conversations about him leaving after Trump left because the reality TV guy running a news network doesn't make sense when the reality TV guy he worked with before isn't president anymore. Yeah, weird. But he was talking about quitting anyway. Well, let's do this. Let's jump to CNN.com profiles Allison Gallist, who is this mystery woman who is dating Jeff Zucker. This is her right here. She is the executive vice president, chief marketing officer for CNN Worldwide. She has oversight of all communications, messaging and marketing strategy and execution on behalf of the portfolio of CNN networks and, and businesses, which includes CNN, US, HLN, Great Big Story, as well as domestic operations of CNN, CNN International and CNN en Español. All right. Well, let's uh, let me pull up this tweet here from Steve Krakauer. Steve is the uh, expat northerner, EP Megan Kelly show, editor and host of Fourth Watch newsletter and podcast, formerly of CNN, The Blaze, Mediaite, and he tweets, everyone who needed to know about Zucker's relationship with Gaullist already knew. So the question is what just happened and perhaps most importantly, what else there is that resigning immediately will keep from getting out. This guy, Richard Deich responds. He says, I disagree with you on many things. And boy, do I think you have some horrible takes. And I imagine you, uh, you the same with me, but I agree with your instincts here. Oh, wow. Jeff Zucker's resignation is uniting left and right because everybody wants to know what's really happening. Allow me to shine some light on the situation. 
Fox News reported February 16th, former Andrew Cuomo aide could replace Jeff Zucker as CNN president report. Governor Cuomo's younger brother already hosts primetime show. As you know, Chris Cuomo's gone. Check this out. A former aide to New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is viewed as a top internal candidate to replace Jeff Zucker, according to a new report. Allison Gallist, now CNN's executive vice president and chief marketing officer, was appointed Cuomo's communication director in 2012 before bolting to join Zucker four months later at CNN. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on there a minute. Jeff Zucker says he had a 20 year relationship with this woman. So 10 years ago, she's working with Cuomo. Zucker knows her. He's, I believe at the time, he's at NBC. And then they both find their way to CNN. Yo, the scandals run deep, don't they? Let's read more. NBC media reporter Dylan Byers floated the possibility of Gallist ascending to Zucker's position in a tweet. Gallist became close to Zucker after a 15-year tenure at NBC before her brief work in the Cuomo administration. Gallist is not the most prominent figure at CNN to have a Cuomo connection, of course. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. What else do we got? You got anything more than that? Whoa, what's this from August 5th? Allison Gallist, CNN executive tied to Cuomo, accused of being reason Chris gets a pass. All right, all right. Scandal, baby. Let's slow down. Celebrity gossip. Chris Cuomo, CNN. They were running cover for Andrew Cuomo, the Democrat governor of New York State, while he literally murdered 15,000 people. Why? Because he didn't want Trump to get credit for it. Boy, does that make me angry. Cuomo was warned. If you put these sick people in these nursing homes, you will kill these elderly. And Cuomo, Andrew, was like, meh, why not? CNN ran cover for him. When Andrew Cuomo was then me tooed, which is funny because that seemed to matter more to the mainstream, Chris Cuomo was working with him on strategy, a serious violation, conflict of interest. And uh, they, 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 they gave him a pass. Why? It's all one big happy family tree, son, as these people engage in, uh, let's just call it uh, uh, hyperbolically treason. Shout out to Rap News guys for that line. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo doesn't just have his brother Chris at CNN. He also has ties to one of its top executives, sparking accusations that it's why the network has turned a blind eye to its star host's involvement in his siblings' harassment scandal. Allison Gallust, she was, uh, they mentioned communicate, Cuomo's communication director, was set to replace or tap to potentially replace Jeff Zucker. CNN has a real ethical problem on its hands, former White House Press Secretary Ari Fleischer told Fox News. Fleischer was adamant that Chris Cuomo had escaped punishment for his role in advising his brother over his mushrooming scandal because of the influence of Gallist. She now runs the show. She's the number two to Jeff Zucker at CNN, the former aide to George W. Bush told Fox. One of the reasons why CNN has not taken any disciplinary action against journalist Chris Cuomo, journalist, please, is because of the relationship she has with Governor Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo, reportedly uh, made $6 million a year, was named in the damning investigation that proved his brother had harassed women, but has not been punished despite conceding that his involvement was a mistake. Instead, CNN has reportedly even offered its star host a leave of absence to help his brother. Quote, the fact that the upper management at CNN, starting with Jeff Zucker, the president of CNN, has not disciplined Chris Cuomo, the anchor, for taking a hand in guiding his governor brother through all of this, the fact that a CNN anchor actively helped to cover up what the governor was doing and worked on message points for the governor to deliver. That's a real problem, he said. 
Fleischer called the governor a terrible New York politician and one of the most hypocritical governors anybody has ever seen. He doesn't think that the rules that apply to others should apply to himself, calling him an imperial governor. Gallus did not immediately respond to Fox's request for comment. Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Let me wrap this all up with a neat little bow. Jeff Zucker has been close, professional, and personal friends with Alison Gallus for 20 years. At one point, she goes and takes a job about 10 years ago with Andrew Cuomo, Democratic governor of New York. She then jumps over to join Jeff Zucker at CNN, becoming becoming an executive. Then we don't see any reprimand for Chris Cuomo, who was covering up for and then colluding with his brother, even though they all knew and admitted it was wrong. Chris Cuomo faked being in quarantine. They all knew even The New York Times called him out. Why is he not getting in any trouble? Why is there no accountability? Oh, Alison Gallist worked for Cuomo. She worked for Andrew. There's a strong connection there, a strong conflict of interest. They're all one big happy family tree, son. And there you go. The media and the Democrats working together, having shared jobs. Isn't it obvious the collusion is happening with the media and the Democratic establishment right before your eyes? But now something's happening. I don't know why. Uh, why Zucker is now all of a sudden leaving. Of course, he has his reasons and you can choose to believe him. Oh, I should have disclosed this, so I'll resign. No, I don't believe it. I believe something was about to erupt, something substantially more scandalous, and they're attempting to cover it up to the best of their abilities. Maybe Jeff Zucker is hoping that if he bails ship now, it could diffuse any potential story that could come out in the future. Well, Chris Cuomo is gone. Andrew Cuomo is gone. The Cuomo brothers are nasty people. They're bad people and good. I'm glad they're out. But CNN, man, CNN is a lot to answer for. That's for sure. What a trash network of lies and deceit. Now, it's good to see him go. Maybe CNN can recover some of its once lost credibility. But let me show you this before we, we, we get into the, the, the lost credibility of CNN. I'd like to show you that with this lost credibility comes a decline in ratings. On February 1st, TV News or Adweek reports, January 22 ratings CNN is among cable's top 10 networks. Oh, well, bravo. But struggles at 9 p.m. and sees year-over-year declines. Let me tell you what I find absolutely incredible. They say CNN had a mixed start on CNN, blah, blah, blah. However, CNN is struggling in the key weekday 9 p.m. hour. They're going to say that the network shed 77% in total primetime viewers, 82% in key demo viewers, 25 to 54, 74% drop in total day viewers, 81% drop in adults, 25 to 54, across total day versus what the network, network averaged in those measurements, January 2021. Wow. They say the year of year declines make sense and we're expected. It's worth remembering that last January, CNN's most watched month on record. Okay, 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 sure. But let's take a look at those hard numbers, baby. The average Nielsen Live and same day impressions for January 2020. Prime time. Throughout the day. I'm sorry. Sorry. Prime time is at night. I believe that's, uh, what is it, like 8 to 11? 633,000 total viewers. Only 140,000 in the key demo. Wow. This is the end. It's the end of CNN. Total day. 493,000 total viewers. 101,000 key demo viewers. Ladies and gentlemen, this one segment 
will get almost will get around two and a half times the key demo viewership of CNN's total daytime audience. One 20 minute segment from me is demolishing the entire day audience for CNN. Now, I'm not here to say to brag about myself. Thank you all so much for watching and supporting the work that I do and we do here at TimCast. The point is, see, I, I don't think we're doing that good of a job. I'm not getting that many views. There are podcasts that get way more. CNN is imploding. It is imploding. 493,000 total viewers. Okay, okay, to be fair. So we get around 60, 70% on average on this channel, what CNN gets all day. All right, let me just tell you. You take the two videos from this channel and we're getting more than their total daytime viewership. But, 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 okay, okay, I hear you. They still have their 633,000. Let me just stress. If you, if you take all of the Tim Cast show viewership, and that's one show, we are absolutely destroying CNN across the board. We are getting, uh, let me, let me do some quick math. We've got maybe like 300K per day on one channel, 800 between the, the Tim Cast channels, and then about a million. So we're doing like 1.8 million per day, and it's like 80% key demo. So okay, CNN might get more in terms of the, the well, actually, they're not getting more than, than us across the board. Our primetime show, TimCast IRL, roasts their primetime lineup. That's, that's absolutely insane to me. And this is in January. I know, look, last, last year we had massive viewership as well. In the same month. I can't believe it. I, I just, it's, it's a, I, look, maybe the way I should be looking at it is that with your help, becoming members at TimCast.com, because that is how we fund all this stuff, we are crushing CNN. Wow. You know, one of the things I always, I, I say very often is that if you guys all share this video, if you take the URL and post it on every social media platform you have, we would be bigger than CNN overnight. Well, that's not exactly why we're now bigger than CNN. It's just that CNN is collapsing. So uh, with your help and your shares, certainly we've grown to that point. But I think something really interesting is happening to see this. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Goodbye, CNN. We, we, uh, we won't miss you and uh, ultimately don't care. I mean, look at this. I mean, even MSNBC is in the absolute gutter. Well, let me, let me show you this tweet. Shout out to Mike Cernovich. I tweeted, or actually, let me slow down. Brian Stelter tweeted that, you know, uh, CNN has a newsroom and we strive and we fact check and we work so hard and Joe Rogan just wings it and people trust him. Oh, poor baby. Yeah, Joe Rogan's a regular guy who has conversations and get things, gets things wrong, but he asks questions and he, he's honest about when he's wrong. I said, in my lifetime, Brian Stelter, we will see your company collapse. We will see your lies and misinformation ended. Your network staged Cuomo's quarantine. Your network lied about Joe claiming he took horse medicine. Your network is evil and its actions are intentional. Mike Cernovich tweets, this was yesterday. Thank you for the shout out, Mike. Yeah, I, I was like, I, I tweeted that yesterday. I was pissed off when I saw what Brian Stelter was saying about all this, all this other trash. So here's the story from Fox News. Brian Stelter roasted for complaining about Americans trusting Joe Rogan over his own network. Critics called Stelter's complaints laughable and accused CNN of creating propaganda rather than reporting the news. They're going to mention, Stelter began by reading a statement from Spotify CEO Daniel Ek 
committing to having rules in place to push back on misinformation on the platform, but noted that it didn't mention Rogan. He then played Rogan's message in response to criticism and musicians pulling their music off the platform. Joe didn't apologize uh, over what was happening. Joe defended his show. Quote, which sounds great, but not all opinions are created equal. You think about major newsrooms like CNN that have health departments and desks and operations that work hard on verifying information on COVID-19. And then you have talk show stars like Rogan who just wing it, who make it up as they go along. Yeah, Joe talks to varying experts and credentialed individuals. He says, and because figures like Rogan are trusted by people that don't trust real newsrooms, we have a tension, a problem that's much bigger than Spotify, much bigger than any single platform. Hey, Brian, maybe if you weren't a lying, deceptive individual, people would trust you. Maybe if you didn't go on your show and lie all the time, people would trust you. But you're liars. Your network says, horse dewormer. uh, uh, Was it... uh, uh, Sanjay Gupta, is that who was, went on a Rogan show and basically admitted it. CNN should not have said that Joe Rogan took horse dewormer, but there you go. Critics took to social media to blast Stelter. In the flesh says, Stelter questioning what to trust is laughable. Nick Short says, newsrooms like CNN do not report news. They create propaganda about the news, then report it. That's a much bigger problem than Joe Rogan and Spotify. Eric Erickson said, if the media would engage in just a little bit of self-reflection, they might figure out why Joe Rogan gets more viewers and listeners. They really don't get it, do they? How is it that me, dude in room yelling at camera, is getting more viewership than CNN? Well, perhaps it's because I don't think I'm better than you. I don't uh, uh, want to be smarter or better than anybody else. I just like reading the news and talking about it, fact-checking and trying to figure out what's going on. And CNN has an agenda. And Jeff Zucker and his his cronies were colluding with Democratic politicians, perhaps because you come out and you lie about Donald Trump, you lie about politics, and then we catch you actively colluding with the opposition political party. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. The newsroom that pushed four years of Russia collusion, mostly peaceful protests, downplayed stories about COVID's origins, can't figure out why people are starting to turn tune them out. Rep Dan Bishop well, uh, said, well, Fox News contributor Katie Pavlich joked that she couldn't stop laughing at his uh, at his comments. It's remarkable. Michael Knowles says every sensible person in America trusts Joe Rogan over newsrooms like CNN. Grace Curley just put L-O-L-O-L-O-L-L. Yep. One critic argued that Rogan's track record of getting facts about the pandemic correct was better than Stelter's. While still others declared that uh, Stelter was beyond parody. That's right. He absolutely is. Everybody's, you know, ragging on him. I trust perhaps everyone else in the world more than I trust the propaganda press and TV. No one has decisively proven their untrustworthiness more than our corrupt media. And Brian Stelter is absolutely one of the worst. One of the worst. He's the guy who goes on his show and says, don't listen to Fox News. Come to us so we can distill the, distill the message for you and tell you what to think. No, I'm glad that people watch other networks. I'm glad that people get their news and information from other channels. A lot of people shout out a lot of different shows. We get a lot of people yelling Salty Army on Timcast, uh, Timcast IRL for Salty Cracker. They like his show. You've got Steven Crowder. You've got Jimmy Dore. You've got Kyle Kalinske. And we don't all agree on everything. We disagree on some things, but heck of a lot more authentic and honest than the CNN garbage machine. So in my lifetime, we will see CNN collapse. And maybe sooner than we realized. 
you know, I said in my lifetime, because I was thinking like it could be 20, 30 years, you know, but eventually we'll see them falter. You know, everything comes to an end. Maybe it'll be much sooner than that. They've already downsized their offices. There's already been sale attempts and CNN apparently doesn't make money. They're not in airports anymore. Their ratings are in the gutter. And I'll just stress, this video will get two and a half times the total daytime and prime time key demo viewership of CNN. This one 20 minute segment will get more key demo viewership than CNN will get all day, prime time and daytime combined. And that's on you guys for watching, watching my content. I really appreciate it. But you know, I'll, I'll be real with you guys. I, I've, I've thought about the censorship and the manipulation and I don't want to be the guy in the suit behind a desk telling you what to think. I don't want to do that. So I just vent to a camera and talk about how I feel about things. It's just therapy, essentially. I'd have no problem just skating all day and relaxing and minding my own business. Gotta leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.